Welcome to the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Blix. And this is Trav. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast, your podcast of exploring the strange and wonderful worlds of TriTac as it goes into its third year and we really look ahead to the future. The future is now! Dun dun dun. Specifically, what we're talking about this time is we're going to return to the Meller. Those of you who are unfamiliar with Fringeworthy, this is the big bad, or has always been considered the big bad of Fringeworthy, a shape-changing monster that betrayed its own creators and destroyed the very commonwealth that it was created to serve. Trapped on worlds now after, after a thousand years, they find themselves finally able to go out and wreak their will as the explorers unwittingly unlock portal after portal, releasing them. Or at least that's the way a lot of people play this. In my campaign, we basically have described Fringeworthy in three different segments. The early campaign, the middle campaign, and then the late campaign. And in the early campaign, I've always recommended that the Meller not be in it, because unless your campaign is running a very long time with people really going up a lot of levels... Most of the time, lower-level characters really can't handle the Meller. As was evidenced in our Dragon Con game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Low-level characters mm, don't last very long. Right. Well, that's good. The Meller come in a variety of forms so that lower-level characters can handle them in certain aspects. And I did include them in the game in the early, but they didn't know what they were, and they only ran into some of the weaker ones, or if they ran into the more powerful ones, those ones weren't revealing themselves. They were remaining in their shape-change forms, doing their Machiavellian machinations uh, behind the scenes. So in my campaign, and I recommend to other people the first part of it, I pretty much make it the, the fringe pirates as being the big threat during the early season, the, or the early campaign. Then in the middle campaign, that's when I bring out the Meller. They've run into the Meller in my campaign, which is now in the middle campaign quite a few times. Matter of fact, this past week, I pulled the classic, opened the freezer door, and there's a Meller standing there. And he leaps out and pounces and does like... 40, 50 points of damage in a single round, which in the D20 modern system is a lot of damage. Oh, my lord, yeah. Fortunately, he's picking on the 16th level character that has about twice that many hit points. Has a 16 con managed to miss it on every single attack? Especially the bite. I was expecting it to happen on the bite, but it didn't. In the middle campaign, I said they started at 11th level. So you have high enough level characters. They also have a lot of equipment that they might not have had in the early campaign. So what we're saying, though, is that that's where I kind of saw them as living, is in the middle campaign. And then we move on to the late campaign, and that's the question we're going to deal with this week. And that is, 
are the Meller really a threat in the late campaign? Blix, why don't you tell us a little bit about what the late campaign is like as, as some more background to this question? In the late campaign, your characters have been traveling the fringe paths. What do you what do you think? Ten years, fifteen years? Is that late campaign? Right, but I think most people, if they're playing the same characters, right. they're probably going to want them. You know, even though they could, because of the, of the uh, longevity aspect of fringe travel, there. I figured about ten. Years. Ten years. Okay, so in ten years, you know, you, you've you've been out to a lot of worlds. Even though IDET is going to try and keep everybody close and do these systematically, you know, we'll do this platform and then that platform. And, and in all realism, you know, they would really only go out a couple platforms per year at best. But we know our characters. We know how people play. We know game masters get a little antsy. So we've been out a little further. So we've been to all kinds of worlds by this point. There's all kinds of technology that's come in. Meller have been encountered several times and several different occasions. There's probably even been one in the base at this point. So Meller, are, they're not exactly old hat, but they're nothing new. IDET has an idea. They've already probably developed some protocols. There's probably things when people come in. There's probably some tests that they do on everybody just to make sure. You know, everybody comes in and they might do a pat down to, make, to see who has crystals on them. Each person who has a crystal on them, then we get some kind of blood test or something, you know, something to that effect. By that point, we've got scanners that can scan in the body. We've already got that somewhat now with TSA. You know, that's not really a big jump in technology. I'm just saying that there are probably some protocols in place that are that are going to help mitigate that from some point. Yeah, by the time 30, 40 years comes along, you figure it's about, well, now. So 2043, 2045, oh, yeah, you'd be able to scan the innards. You'd be able to, the whole thing. I mean, you could scan the blood without drawing a drop. Well, to be honest with you, they're going to have some advanced technology, too, because you got to remember, they're bringing back advanced technology all the time. The, uh, remember the uh, scanning wall from... Total Recall. Total Recall, yeah. Or, or even a Minority Report. I think there was something in that, too. I call it the fluoroscope wall. You walk up, right. and you can see the bones. You can see outlines of the flesh. And look, right. there's something in the middle of you. Well, I'm just saying, so at this point, Meller can't just walk into the base. I mean, that's going to be really difficult at this point. And even when they go to other worlds, they're going to have some protocols in place. Now, this does not eliminate the Meller threat. You know, they're they're sneaky. They're resourceful. As we advance, they're going to advance because guess what? They're going to get a hold of one of us. They're going to drain our memories, and they're going to know our protocols. So they're going to know any way to get around it. They're going to know the way to get around it. That one Meller and all his kids will know. Yeah. No, not everyone will know. But let's say Meller wants to infiltrate our group. They grab hold of one of our guys. First thing they do, suck his memories out, get rid of him, take his place. Then they're like, oh, okay, when I go into the base, this is what's going to happen. So he has to think about how he's going to get around that. They're really crafty. They're not stupid. They're very, very intelligent. So he's going to come up with some way of doing it, even if he, he has to infect the rest of the team with some kind of disease so that when they get back, you know, they rush him through or something like that. The point of the matter is, is that it's not like he can just catch us unawares at this point. There's going to be some protocols on base so that if one gets in and it's even suspected that he's in, there's going to be a list of protocols that the base is going to go through, lock down the base, nobody leaves, period. Unlike our adventure that we did at Dragon Con where there were no protocols and our Meller were allowed to leave the building, you know, because... They didn't know what a Meller was. They didn't know, but... 
in your late campaign, they definitely absolutely know because by that point, they have encountered them. They have dealt with them. There's no rushing people. Oh, he's sick. We still run through the scanners. It always goes to the scanners. There's no if nans, or buts in that one. Right, right. Getting into IDET is going to be the tough part. I mean, that that's going to be difficult for a Meller period. Yeah, because even with the scanners, I'm here looking at Fringe with the D20, page 82. Meller have no distinct internal organs to target with the exception of the brain, which is usually located in the thickest body section. Now, when you walk by that fluoroscope wall and you see that Joe Schmo's brain is in his torso, okay, there's trouble in paradise. There may be a crystal in there, too, with him. Yeah. Right, exactly. But, you know, a Meller comes through and, you know, maybe he activates some kind of EMP device that wipes out their electronics, but they don't know that he has done that. They have no idea. They just have a power outage and they have to deal with it. So they quarantine the whole team in that at that point until they figure out why the power went out, and that's when he makes his big escape. I mean, there's just ways around everything. You know, he They're crafty. They're right. very, very crafty. I think that you're more likely to be having your encounters with a Meller off on a world where they are in a position of strength. They're the person behind the throne, and you're going to have a hard time convincing somebody to do any kind of a, a examination of their chancellor without you being able to prove that they're, in fact, a Meller. Right. I, I think it's it's actually more likely that at that point, they take one of your guys. Let's say it's a new Meller, has no idea who I dead is or whatever. They take one of your guys, they suck out his memories, and they realize, oh, he knows who we are. They have protocols in place. So I'm not going to go back to the world. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to infect them with dissonance. I'm going to start working them from the outside, turning them on a political level. He might work from the outside and try and turn them against Idet, you know, try to get them to go pirate or something like that. He's not going to go back to Earth and try to mess with Earth. Oh, yeah, he's going to want the home court advantage. I mean, you, you said it. Meller is smart. They're not going to put themselves in a position where they know they're going to get shot. And walking into the lion's den with all those protocols, that's a good way for them to end up as a pile of white goo on the floor. Right. And just know they're, they're going to do things on the world that they've been trapped on for a thousand years yeah. and work their mojo there. Right. Well, also, th- think about this, though. One, I've always had done this in my campaign. I actually ran a late campaign for, for a while early on. There were guards and, and people on the platform. Why? Because Mellers know how to use the system. They know how to use everything, which means they can potentially move the portal someplace else. John, you know what? You're devious. That's right. I mean, hey, hey, check it out. Look, the Meller knows this, right? And and he has a high level of crystal use because there's no reason why he couldn't. Of course, he has a crystal because otherwise he can't traverse the, the French Pass. So what does he do when he goes to the portal? He goes through as a ghost or he does a time delay type of thing. There's all kinds of tactics he, he, he could do. So like the team goes through and then – but he doesn't. And let's say he was one of the members and they're like – well, what happened to Joe Schmo or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he happens to know that at 4 o'clock, you know, 4 a.m., the protocols are still there, but they have a skeleton crew and no one's expected to go through. He pops out and just murders the two people who are on guard duty. There's all kinds of stuff he can do. I mean, he could go through and do the possession one where he takes over one of the guys who are operating one of those close-in weapon systems and just hoses the whole inside of the dome. Right, and then he pops back into his body and walks through. There's ways around everything. Yeah, and he also knows that there's probably 
call it the wildfire device that's probably in the dome. That, for those of you unfamiliar with a wildfire device, it's a small nuclear weapon in the kiloton range. It won't hurt the ring, but we'll take care of anything else that's in that dome. Probably situated as close as possible to the ring station. Uh, Meller, with a high you know, ability to use the crystals and the warps, is still going to be a, a real threat, even in the late campaign. But, you know, as you said, we're going to know that they exist, and we're going to have a lot of these skills, too. I think there's going to be a lot more parity between characters and the Meller. They're going to have a lot more resources, I think, in the late campaign, because they're going to have high-tech devices. They may even have devices and weapons that are able to work on the fringe pass. Hey, and you know, I, I didn't even think of this before when you asked the question, but just think about how interesting this adventure is going to be. You know, you're in the late campaign, and now this Meller really has to, like, I mean, he has to do his homework. He really has to be super crafty, which makes the, the other players have to be super crafty to deal with him. So he's going to pull his shenanigans. He's going to get, you know, he'll get in there and do his thing, and the players in the group are going to know that something really freaky is up and of course by this point they're going to suspect a, a meller got in but we don't know who he is or where he is so then it becomes a meller hunt on base you know that's really super interesting especially if they're trying to convince the you know the hierarchy hey we really think there's a meller in here you know and the hierarchy is like well, what makes you think that well you know some system went crazy and, and guys are missing and it's like well we don't know that that's the case you know so then they have to deal with the, the politics of it that could be that could really be an interesting adventure, way more interesting than in the early days when it's a straight invasion. It's also possible that a Meller that escaped onto the Earth, they would cover it up because if they found out that a Meller had gotten out onto the Earth, right. there's an awful lot of people out there that would want to shut down the whole program. Right. And imagine the panic. You've got this thing that can beat anybody. You know, it's like nobody trusts anyone. And its natural form basically is a homicidal, shape-changing, memory-stealing maniac. Yeah. Oh, God, you have to keep that secret. If you would even let that slip. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It reproduces geometrically. Right. That's at its own level. If it decides to, de to go into its degenerative forms, you know, like especially the least Meller, it can produce, what was it, like 500 in a couple of nights? Right, exactly. Drop a Meller into a jungle and you've got an army you know, within weeks. Right, exactly. This presupposes that, one, we never learn about Slarg's true purpose. And two, we don't find another race that's willing to try to reverse engineer and fix the Slargs. Mm-hmm. True. If you're talking 30, 40 years down the road, we might have enough know how to try to see if we can emulate the slar capabilities ourselves and have a anti-Meller darts. You shoot them, bang, they turn into Master Meller, back into original Meller again. Old Meller. Well, see, wait a minute, hold on, wait, wait. So, so you're saying, like, maybe take the slarg saliva, put it in a, a hypo. That wouldn't work. The slargs would make it right then and there for that Meller. Otherwise, you'd just milk a slarg's tongue. Right, that's nerfing the Meller. It's a biotech antivirus is what it is. <laughs> That's the question here, is that we've always said don't nerf the Meller, okay? Mm -hmm. But once you get to the late campaign, is it time to put the Meller aside? Is it time for the Meller to become a bother, but no longer the major threat of the campaign? Well, hey, that's that's the next topic of this, right? 
capturing him are alive and keeping him from being incinerated by the portal system so he can be studied. <laughs> He's organic. Okay, we'll make a Mellor Plague. Hey, well, you know what, John, though? It's funny you should say that because you know what that reminds me of? Okay, you saying that, I'm thinking of the same scientists in uh, – now, now, this is a horrible movie, but at least this aspect was kind of cool. Alien 4, the Alien Resurrection. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, horrible movie. There were, there were parts of it that were really, really – it could have been a really cool movie. But the part where the scientists were studying the aliens and it's like, are you crazy? What do you mean you have them on the base and you're studying them? Are you are you insane? That's what I'm thinking of, John. You sound like one of those scientists. Yeah, we captured a Meller and we're going to study it. And I can see my character going, I'm leaving the base. I'm out. And they'd be like, no, 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 it's safe. No, 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 I'm out. I'm leaving. Goodbye. I, you know, honestly, I, I don't think I'm ever coming back. You guys are out of your finds. Yeah, anybody who's ever actually been in a firefight with a Meller would have that opinion. Yeah, be like, no, no, I, I'm done. I'm leaving Earth. I'm done. I quit. I'm, I'm, I'm going. Goodbye. It doesn't have to be a, a mastermind. All we need is like one least. Yeah, yeah, but you know, sufficient genetic information, genetic material to come up with a Meller plague. Oh, come on! What kind of stupid? person would sit there and infect the Meller with... Oh, wait a minute. But do you understand what I'm saying? If you've played a character who has had to deal with the Mellers, the second you learn that Ided has one in their lab, you're done. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. Bye. Unless you're playing some weirdo character. Right. The best way of getting this feeling is to go and read The Puppet Masters by Robert Heinlein. The main character, after he had the alien, the slug as they called him, taken off of his back that was controlling him like a puppet. From that point on, his sole goal in life was to destroy that particular one because he knew that if he didn't, one day he'd come creeping in and it would get him. And that same kind of, it must be destroyed, is a very common attitude of people who have faced the Meller. And if you play them right, they are totally, totally scary. Because the Mellers disintegrate when you kill them, there's no samples to take back to study to come up with a well, a, a tailored plague for the, for the Meller. Right, you have to capture one alive. Yeah. How many people are going to die to do that? So, John, that's one option. Another option is the Game Master could make a world, and, and I'm, I'm going to get around to where I'm coming from with this, but the Game Master can make another world that the players go to and actually obtain that knowledge that's already been gained. So my game architect, John, the, the guy that you, you know we've worked with before a little bit, he actually took one of the adventures that is in the, the book called Deep 90, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but he changed it a little bit. He really expanded on it because there wasn't really a whole lot to it. But basically what he turned that into was... It was a scientific base that had done all that stuff. They had captured Meller. They were studying. And they had all this data on them and everything. And our characters were able to extract all that data. It was a really crazy adventure because they had Mellers in tanks and stuff like that, like trapped in tanks and all. Of course, they got free. And our characters, it, it was a really hardcore adventure. Our characters got really messed up. Uh, I think we actually lost a player character which rarely happens in our games, but on the, this was just a very rough adventure. But at the same time, from we gained that, that pertinent information. Unfortunately, that campaign didn't go much further beyond that because it was sort of like at the tail end of, of like a year and a half of playing, and we moved on to something else. But had we stuck with it, 
we could have moved into what you're talking about, this late campaign where we're actually dealing with the Meller with knowledge, actual knowledge of how to fix the problem or eradicate them because we had actual scientific knowledge on how they were created and their biostats and all that kind of stuff. So that's another option. I mean, you could put it on another world where the characters actually discover it. But if you're going to do that, my advice is to do it the way he did it and make it costly. I was thinking that it could be a Commonwealth world, one of the old Commonwealth worlds. Well, it would have to be in order to have the level of information on, oh, how the Meller were made. Because remember, the Termellerns sat there and they made a whole world to create Meller. They were creche grown. Oh my God. You know, it'd be perfect though. It's a Kegak world. Oh, that's good. Oh. Some Kegaks who decided that they're going to make amends for what their ancestors did. Yeah, in case there, there are people there who don't know, do we want to just divulge that about how the Mellor. Spoilers. Yeah. Do you want to do that? Uh, What's that? We already did talk about the key gag before. Oh, yeah, we? they know. We, we've given yeah. that away on this show before. They're, they're, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Well, I mean, there are people that might be listening. And we put spoilers before that. So uh, it's, it's a good thing, yeah. Tressa. If we talk about the key gag and about their history, then it is a kind of a spoiler in the game. So if you're a player, you should like turn off for five minutes while Trav talks about his idea with the key gag. John talks about his idea with the key gag. You know what? That is the benefit of listening to this show. That's the one thing you get from this show that you don't get from the books or anywhere else. We, this, this is it. I mean, this is where you get information, and it's why you listen to our show and why you should spread the word about our show and go on to iTunes and leave us a review. But And play the game. <laughs> and play the game. <laughs> but that's the benefit of being a listener. You get these spoilers. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, now, the Kegak were a race that were made by the Termellern like the Melor. Well, uplifted. Uplifted, yeah. They, okay, they were uh, like a Dynanicus originally, and then the some, some Termellern that happened to get his lab grant just said, oh, let's tweak this race and make them into this. They survived on their own for 90,000 years with the Melor watching. I mean, they almost blew themselves up two or three times, but they finally amassed the minor client status to be in the Commonwealth, and the Melor made himself known. The Kegak were like, uh, no, we have our religion, no, this is what we believe. And the Meller was like, no, you were basically the product of a lab grant by a, being known as a Termellern. We were made by the same race. The Kegak didn't like that, and so what they did, they said, the Meller are in servitude to these people that made us and abandoned us. We're going to free them. It was in the form of the virus which changes the Melor once infected into the killing machines that we all know of. In the timeline of this game, it's found out that the Kegaks were the one that started this, that started the whole Melor Commonwealth War. Trillions, quadrillions of people dying. I believe it was the Termellern or the Commonwealth that wiped out the Kegak homeworld. It was the Commonwealth. Yeah. The Termellern were staunchly against it. Yeah, because the Termellern are, are peaceful beings. They had to learn how to fight once the Melor War went hot. It was the primary reason why the Termellern left, was because they just weren't willing to be with people that would destroy an entire race like that. We're talking gone. They're free-floating component atoms of this planet. That's how bad the Commonwealth just said, oh, no, 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 we're not having this. Yeah. <laughs> 
gone. So, yeah, the Kegak play a large role in how, how and why the Mellor are the way they are. So it would be fitting that the solution to the Mellor problem comes from the Kegak, which means any old Commonwealth world would never, ever trust that solution. In fact, once IDET and Humanity and, Re- and the new Commonwealth finds out about the Kegak, they may not trust it either. A perfectly valid solution. I would say that it would be the most likely uh, anti-Mellor weapon would be on a Kegak world, merely because if you make something, you're going to want an antidote for it in case something goes horribly awry. Oh, heaven forbid that happened. But yeah, I would think that would be the first best guess to find mm-hmm. where a there would be, would be on a Kegak world. Where maybe they, the Kegaks, the few that escaped off that home world that was destroyed, would have taken the technology and the science with them to work on a cure elsewhere once they got settled in. So in the late campaign, I know we're talking about what, you know, Idet knows about the Meller, but okay, so what does Idet know about Kegak and what does Idet know about the Slarg in the late? Uh, did they know these elements by then? Because if they, I mean, because that's important. I would say by the late campaign, they'd find it out. Most likely, again, finding it on some world in some Termeller data bank somewhere in some, or some Commonwealth data bank. Or encountering an old Commonwealth world with a key gag character. Oh, you're, you know, all sorts of fun things going to happen there. But no, with Slargs, it may actually happen when a Slarg does finally get pushed into the corner and it's forced, and basically he ha- that Slark has no other choice and it has to fight, and it ends up curing the Miller. It's probably dead at the end, but it ends up curing the Miller in the process. So what you could do is, in that case, like if you're a game master, you're running the old campaign, and you want to, you know, trying to think of a way to to breach all this information to the players. One of the things you could do is, you could have that happen. Have a you know have a slog on your team, have a Meller attack him, and like corner, like attack the party, corner the the slarg and the slarg winds up you know fighting back because he has no other choice because they will fight if they're cornered just like any other creature i mean they're total cowards but if they're completely cornered they have no other option they will fight right they're 99 flight one percent fight if you manage to really back him into a corner where he can't possibly escape he will fight you know he bites a meller turns it into an old meller and the old Meller spills the beans. He's an old Meller, but he, he really is old. He's been around a long time. And he was one of the, you know, maybe a, a master Meller that has has been around the block and knows all this information. And maybe that's how Idet finds out. And maybe, you know, that's one of the guys that he lives on Earth at the Idet base. He could have been one of the Meller that the Kegak initially infected with the virus. If you want Idet to have this information, this is how you do it. And this is a thing you could develop. You could plan this out. You could you could have this guy messing with the party forever. Maybe he's killed a bunch of IDET members, and he's like bad guy number one. Let's say he's infiltrated IDET, and he's like in a really high-level position. Or you make it so that the party has to or, or winds up discovering him or something, and they have a big fight. And, and I would put it right in Hatsumi base. You know, they're fighting this Meller, and he was the director. Maybe he made his way up to the director or something like that or the general. And they're like, oh, my God, you know, it's, it, the general's a Meller and they're fighting him. And there happens to be a slarg on the team and he gets cornered and he winds up biting the Meller. And then that's when the team finds out, oh, wow, slargs can cure Meller. And he becomes an old Meller and he says, wait, wait, please don't kill me. I'll, I'll tell you everything. 
<laughs> yeah. And they say, die, Miller! No, 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 what I'm saying, but it, 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 this is a very tricky proposition, but if but if you can work it... This is where the GM really has to show his chops. Right, right, exactly. If, if Oh, yeah. If you're not a top-level DM, don't even try this, but if you think you got the chops for this, and you can pull this off... I would think you'd have to be a top-level DM to run something like the advanced, the mature campaign anyways, just because of all the information involved and you're going to have to disseminate a certain way. And yeah, so you're going to have to be advancing it anyway. If you want to convince the players not to kill the Meller, have them watch the transformation sequence of him going from Master Meller or High Meller back into original old Meller. You want to make sure that the players know the difference prior to all this happening. In other words, you need to make sure that they get information knowing that there is a such thing as an old Meller. And they know that the Meller were infected, and you want to give them enough primers that they can put the pieces together quickly and know what's going on. Because otherwise, I mean, they're just going to blow him away. There's just there's no way about it. It's a trick. So you're saying at the end they had to shoot old Meller? <laughs> That's the funniest thing. <laughs> that, that, that is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> Good. Anyway, you were going to say something intelligent. <laughs> what? <laughs> what I was going to say is that uh, when the uh, slar does bite them, the Meller turn a shocking purple color. Right. And anybody who has extensive experience with the Meller and in the late campaign, they should have, are going to realize they're seeing something they've never seen before. Right. And that's right. going to be a big clue that maybe something's going on that is new and they maybe they should pay attention to it rather than immediately blowing it away. Also, I think the transformation is not going to be like a normal shifting like they've seen before when they change between Meller form into a, and another person form. It's not going to look like that. It's going to look different. They're going to swell up. You know, Their internal membranes are going to be going all out, out of whack. Their body's going to be rippling and convulsing. It's not going to look like a Meller is doing something that it's normally doing. It's going to look look like it's going totally out of control. Good way to to preface that would be earlier in the campaign, you have an old Meller who has been attacked and infected by a infected Meller and watch the old Meller go through the change into through the infection. That way then you can just say it's like the infection but backwards the symptoms are reverting it back well, that's, that's good if, if you have that you give the players a framework to say wait a minute okay it's turning back into like the one we saw months ago on that one world holy crap, that slarg cured the mellor that's a good point it could also include you know if he's over if he's had a few meals he may actually lose mass in terms of like you know actual skin sloughing off and so forth, which Millers don't do when they transform, you know he basically starts shedding skin, shedding body mass. Yeah, you got to take into account when they shift and change and add body mass. It's that whole comic book convention of oh they're gaining mass from another dimension. That's how they can grow. Yet you know. Well, no, and in this case, they Millers gain mass by eating, and it's usually a, so, a good source of protein right next right right next to them when they're doing that. Yeah, and plus you could you could have something like um, something where uh, Schmert something Schmert said, or maybe Schmert re when you're planning this thing out, you know you you need to, you need to really plan this. If you, when you when you do this adventure, you need to do your homework. 
and you need to set this up. And if the players fumble it, it needs to be their fault, not yours. Can I bring up something about something we said earlier about when the when the Mellor came into the campaign? Sure. This is page eighty two again in Fringeworthy D twenty. Mellor contact in FD four. The worst of Eunice's fears were realized when an explorer team suffered casualties during the first human Mellor contact. So technically, they're in the early campaign. The first four years, five years is the early. Well, that depends. I mean, you you don't have to follow that religiously. Well, I'm just there are people who are going. All right. There will be people that follow that. It's not written in stone. It's my opinion that by the late campaign, your party should have suffered horribly from the Meller. Either your party itself or news of other parties, friends that you guys have made on IDET, entire teams wiped out. and stuff. It should have happened. And if it hasn't, you're not using the Meller properly. You are not taking advantage of that element of the story. They are really in the story to incite a level of fear and tension of an unprecedented level. When you hear the word Mella, your your character's skin should crawl. And if by the late campaign they haven't, you as a DM have not been running the game properly. Now, I'm playing a different type of fringe-worthy campaign. The one that I run on Friday nights and I used to post on in the, the TriTech Gamers forums. I ran where an underground cavern was overrun by a Meller infestation. This is several swarms filled this room and my players when i told them what was in there it was a collective oh you did that your players have to know when you are throwing meller at them they know they're in for a rough time they know that there will be a lot of ammo gone there may be some fellow characters gone it's like Bruce says, never nerf the Meller. You want to make these, in a fringe-worthy campaign, probably the worst threat that an IDET team will come up across. I don't know about that, because in the late campaign, you may want to introduce even greater threats. To get rid of the Meller, if you're going to like finally make it where, okay, we have the technology to get rid of them, well, yeah, you're going to need something more. Through most of the fringe-worthy canon, the Meller are it. The, like you say, Bruce, they're the big bad. Especially in the early and middle campaigns, I'm saying, I think they absolutely should be. I'm just wondering whether in the, in the mature, in the late campaign, maybe their time has passed as far as being the big bad. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that as a good storyteller, you can't always have the bad guy just constantly remain the bad guy. You need to, at some point, replace him with some other bad guy. Every series, every movie, every... Anything that has lasted any period of time has switched bad guys. I mean, you look at our favorite show, Stargate. Um, <laughs> you look at that. The Goa'uld was like the, the big bad guy for a very long time, but it, they eventually got rid of them and replaced them with, what was it, the replicants or what were they called? The replicators. The replicators, right. And then the Ori. And then the Ori, right. You know, taking a chapter from that, and they're not the only ones that have done it. Other shows have done it. You know, Star Trek done it. Right? It was the Klingons, and then the Klingons became Federation's friends, and then it became the Borg, and then they wiped out the Borg. There's the the, the, the shapeshifters that Odo belonged to. The Dominion. Right, right, right. The Dominion, right. 
So if you want to keep your players interested and you want to keep the story going and you want to run like a really long campaign, the Mellers are really – I mean you, they really should reach their peak in the middle campaign. And by the late campaign, I, I agree, Bruce, maybe you know they become kind of passe. Like, yeah, we, we've dealt with them. We, we took our losses. We've managed to get them to a point where we can handle them. They're not the threat that they used to be. When you have the players, you don't want to make that passe. You want to get the players to the attitude of, okay, we're taking the battle to them. Exactly. That's when you first your Miller Smasher teams are formed. Yeah, when you start getting specific combat tactics, specific cures, like we've mentioned, or just ways to take them out. And there's no reason why they couldn't find a Commonwealth world who learned how to deal with the Meller. Maybe they didn't win. Maybe they got wiped out. But they came up with some technologies that that you could use. This is a very long time ago. We did some campaigns and stuff, and I made a character who was from another world. He was a human from a long-off place, and he was a Meller hunter. He had some items that the game master was like, "Yeah, that's cool. Whatever. We can start. You know, we can start dealing with them." Uh, I had Meller gas grenades. You'd throw it, and it would explode, and it would spit this gas out everywhere. And the only thing it would affect was a Meller, and it would start dissolving them because it attacked their specific biological makeup. So you can discover those kind of things. You Or you can get busy if you have a person who's a uh, MacGyver type. Mm-hmm. He builds the Mellivator. It's a tread vehicle, so the Mellers can't bite the tires and flatten your tires. <laughs> it has what looks like an international harvester in the front. Is for dealing with least matter swarms. Just sort right. of basically, it's dealing with blades. <laughs> it's an armored vehicle, basically, and it's designed to deal with swarm invasions. Well, yeah, you see, this is where when you start get in the late campaign and you realize, I mean, and if you talk to your players, you're going to have the players that are the techies. They have the skills. They've got the feats that will sit there and say. Okay, and and D20 Future has this. I want to make a retrovirus. We found this, this, and this. My character has knowledge, earth and life sciences, and treat injury, and this feat and that feat. And, you know, D20 Future, as I said, has wetware, which you can make retroviruses. I want to make one where we could sit there and just take out the mel or change them, or whatever. That's the way it should be. Let your players go nuts. If they can think up of, of unique ways to finally get rid of the Miller because you as a gaming group decide, okay, you know what, we've beat this horse enough, dead enough times, let's find a way to phase them out of the campaign. I had them find their first testing world, one of the worlds that the Termellon had created for the purpose of testing new weapon technologies against the Miller. They may get a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't work, or it may work a little bit, or work in a totally different way. You, know, you never know how, you know, maybe it's a freeze gun that freezes Millers only, or you never know. Because remember, the Tamilan really didn't want to kill them. They wanted to fix them. Well, no, no. From what I remember reading, the Tamilan had to relearn how to fight. But once they did, that's when worlds started getting destroyed because they realized, we can't let this go on. We screwed up. And if the Commonwealth finds out it was us, which they eventually did, and said... Hey, look, this is you leaving. Um, the Termellern got really good. They figured, okay, this is where some worlds were 
totally destroyed because they realized it's the only thing they could do. And you really should bring Schmert into this because I think that the whole reason why Richard, you know, brought him in and had him talk to the guys from Earth Prime and everything was to help this situation. I think he is sort of our guide on the fringe path. I don't think he brought us into the fringe path for no reason. I think there was a big plan for Schmert, and I think you should use him as much as possible. And I think his goal should be to help us eradicate this threat. And I think that it's really cool for the players to be the ones to do it. I mean, that's why we play these games. We want to be the important people in the story. We want our characters to make a difference. We're not just cogs in the wheel. We're, We're the heroes. You gotta be real careful with Schmurt because he's a total Mary Sue, you know. Oh, what does that mean? He's a Mary Sue character who's, who's, who's better at everybody doing everything and he can pull a rabbit out of his pocket anytime he wants to. Oh, sure. He's like Q. You can't let him do it, but he's gotta, like, get the players to do it. Like, for example, if you need the players to know some kind of piece of information that would lead them down this path to make those things happen, you can use Schmert as the, the catalyst for it, but he can't be the one doing it. There is another source of information besides Schmert. Dr. Sayuri Tanuma, who got basically a telepathic data dump into her head by Schmert. She's now a very watched person because Idet doesn't know everything that was dumped in this woman's head. Remember, she spoke Latin when she came back under hypnosis. All she knew was Japanese. Yet she did the, the mushy meller funny feller hiding amidst the trees all in Latin. So Sayuri Tanuma could be another good source of information where you just see her eyes white out and all of a sudden she starts mentioning coordinates and and then like well what did i just say well you said these coordinates and you go there and you find the commonwealth world where you know this cure could be or these weapons could be that can be how you use schmert schmert may never make another appearance again maybe that was his appearance you know dumping that information into her and you use her as schmert as as whatever influence that that you're going to give as schmert can come through her I've never used Schmert in my campaign, ever. Right. Like I said, you know, any information that Schmert wanted to give the party, maybe he already gave it to Sayori. It's already in there. And as time goes on, as certain things happen, she releases it as information that the party needs to know. You know, maybe even that moment we were talking about before where that Master Meller has taken over the general who's running the base. He gets bit by the slarg. And the party goes to shoot this Meller as he's trying Maybe she steps in front of him. You know, make sure she's in the room. She steps in front of him, and she speaks in that voice that Schmert speaks in through her or whatever. And she's like, no, 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 you can't make it so that the reason why they don't shoot him while he's doing his transformation into an old Meller is because she's standing between him and the party. You know, that would be like a really dramatic scene. Personally, I would put her in there just in case. Maybe you don't make that happen unless someone is about to shoot him and then she steps in the way. Basically, I guess the, the, the gist of what we're saying is is that in the later campaign, the Meller should be phasing out and you should be bringing in some new threat or something. Like maybe a group of French pirates or... Or basically some of the old Commonwealth decided, you know what? We really like this new setup because we can be the king. Right, exactly. Maybe you bring in a new big system that they're trying to form. Yeah. And Idet's like, wait a minute. 
Why aren't we part of the new big system? And Well, it's quite possible by the late campaign, they figured out how to make anybody fringeworthy. In which case, that Commonwealth world could have literally armies going across the fringe path. Now, I, I just had a thought. We're busy here talking. I realized there is actually one way to cure the Meller that doesn't involve anyone trying to stick a needle into a Meller or a squirt stuff on That is, you get into the programming of the portals. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you program to fix the Meller. You turn off the fringe release circuit and so they can go through. When, when you transit to another world, you step through a dimensional portal. So what does it really do? Does it open up like does it open up a hole? Does it disintegrate you and remake you on the other side? What exactly does it do? It, it could do a lot of things. And it, it removes biological bad guys from you, for one. It can determine what you are. It can, If you shoot at it, it can determine if you're a threat. It can give you a language. So... The portal system is really smart, and it can do a lot of things. So you're right, John. What if one of your characters, you know, you decide, well, my character is going to be, you know, a portal expert, and for the next hundred adventures that we do, that's the one thing I'm going to concentrate on. My character is really going to be a Tremelon technology expert. I'm going to, I'm going to focus on learning the language, learning how to use the portals, learning how to use crystals, and that's going to be my focus. You know, by the late campaign, you could have a character with a ridiculous level on how to, you know, how to use pylons and how to use, you know, portals and stuff. And maybe that character figures out, hey, you know, I know the, I know the language. I can do almost anything. And he right. learns – he figures out a way to – I'm going to reprogram the whole system so that when a Meller steps through it, he gets turned back into an old Meller. Yeah. It could happen. It could happen. I mean that's something you could do. Yes. And, and when you ask Schmert, why didn't you do that? He'll look at you and say, oh, never thought of that. Or he could say, I've been too busy fixing the system. Right. Meant to get to it, I did. <laughs> <laughs> the Tremelon, they're a little, um, how should we say it? They're a little flaky, right? He's like, that's when he goes, oh, I've never thought of that. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he, he didn't. They're very poetic and artistic. They don't. They don't think in the... The concrete way that we think. And they're not all experts in all topics. Maybe biotech, as far as you know, uplifted creatures, is something he doesn't really know anything about. Maybe he really only knows dimensional engineering, and that's his thing. Yeah, right. Hey, look, maybe the guy who programmed the system to destroy Mellers as they step through, let's just say he wasn't an expert. He was the only guy available to do it. He knew what he knew. He was like, I'm not the best guy for doing this, but I'm the only guy left. So I'm going to just make it destroy them. I don't know any other option. I know the you signature. Know, I've seen the signatures many times, so I know the signature. It's right. Bam, destroyed. Right, because you got to remember, it was a war. It was chaos. It was only one guy, probably, that programmed the system to do that. And he might not have been the expert. He might not have been the, the best guy to do it. He was the guy that was left. He was the guy that was alive. There might have been a whole group of people fighting off Mellers while he was programming the system to do that. It could have been his dying act to do that, just to say, okay, boom. He might have hit the enter button as a Meller was chewing his head off. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be a perfect world. As imaginative and as intelligent they to Mellon are, they could have some blind spots, and this could have been one of those blind spots. Oh, 
John, it's obvious that they're not militarily strategic. They weren't fighters. They were artists. Everything to them was art, whether it was science or crafting or poetry or... Fighting. <laughs> well, fighting still, they if they did it... Trav, they fought like artists. A hundred thousand years ago was when they turned their weapons into plowshares. So it really wasn't part of their culture for a very, very right. long time. Yeah, right. We really don't know how long ago this was. This could have been in a million years ago for all we know. Their brain is alien. You try to think like, well, how could they think that way? Well, you, you maybe you can't figure out how they thought that way because their brain is not the same as ours. You know, it, it's you, you try to rationalize that. Why wouldn't the Tamerlan have done this? Well, because you can't think like them. Let me transfer to another question related, which is, so you've gone and turned some Meller into Old Meller. Right. Are we now going to have Old Meller in our parties? <laughs> Will we have an Old Meller party? <laughs> Is that going too far? Is that going to take too much spotlight away from normal characters? Yeah, let's face it. You have a, a creature that has up to 100 separate people's entire mental inventories. Actually, all mental and physical skills. Up to 100 people. There is no way to maintain game balance. An old Meller would have to be an NPC. Yeah, or you have an entire team that's worth. There are no humans in the team. They're just all old Meller going back to work. Do you really want to be able to have to make that character? <laughs> the level of character you would have to have as an old Meller, that would be, epic level would be an understatement. Well, not necessarily, because the, you, you would have breadth, but not necessarily depth. Yeah. He, you wouldn't have 30-level skills. They might have 100 10th-level skills. Or you may have 100 first-level skills. Yeah, that too. Uh, hold on, hold on. I, I got an idea. If you really want to do this, if you really want to make it so that people can play old Mellers, what happens is they don't get converted back into old Mellers. They get converted back into something like an old Meller. You could make them diminutive, make their abilities diminutive. So in other words, if you want to play basically an old Meller that's been converted back from an infected Meller, you could lower their capacity. Only Master Mellers get turned into Old Meller. Everyone else gets turned to something else. Well, there you go, because there's only a few Master Mellers. John, I don't know where you're getting that. I mean, you can certainly say that if you want to in your campaign to limit this. But, but okay, but the Mellers, they actually could breed, will breed like crazy, and there'd be, be a, lots of high and great Mellers out there compared to Master Mellers. Master Mellers, for the most part, are can't 90% of them can't breed. I understand what yeah. the difference between the Mellers are, John. Yeah. I'm just saying is that there's nothing in our secret knowledge yeah. that says that only Master Mellers can be reverted. I'm saying they all can be converted back. But, but you know what? It, it does make sense, Bruce, because... Elise Meller doesn't get turned into an old Meller, right? I mean, that that's not that's not even feasible, is it? No, Elise Meller would get turned into the Meller horse. Okay, but where do we draw the line? Intelligence. Well, I thought no, I thought Elise Meller gets turned into, into the into the Meller uh, uh, Meller yap dog. <laughs> At some point in the book, it says where if you infect the the Meller mount, it turns directly into like lesser and least Meller. Ah. Okay, so you got lesser and least, and then what? Yeah. Anything above that is old Meller. I would think so. See, I don't know. I don't. 
this is where you know our podcast comes in because we go beyond what is written most of the time. If it was me, if I was running the game, I would say, and I agree with John, that only Master Meller get turned into the Old Meller with all the abilities of the Old Meller. And then everything below that is you know, some lesser version of that. No, it's not official. This is just us talking. It makes a certain amount of sense. It makes sense, and this is just us talking. According to the listing of the infected Meller, they may only be able to take that many forms. Yeah. Ever. So you could downgrade them, and you might you might have it so that, you know, if you want to play a character who is an old Meller, you know, who is a converted, you know, converted back Meller, mm-hmm. you might say, well, you can only play up to this level. That's all I'm going to allow because that's, you know, for game balance. You know, it'd be a playable character. So, yeah, he would have some advantages over the other characters, but at the same time, he would have some disadvantages because, let's face it, if he gets turned back into the old style Meller, he gets a conscience. Okay, he gets that back because if he didn't have a conscience, he 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 wouldn't be a good guy anymore. He gets a Tumelon created conscience, which is a d- totally different thing than a human conscience. But still, he has to have some level of, of moral value. We know they're nurturing. We know that they right. hold to the, the life-affirming values of the Tamela. So at the same time, he's still going to have the memories of the things that he did. So you're going to be playing a character who has to live with doing horrible things. And you have a conscience now. So you remember all that stuff that you did. And you feel bad about it. So if... You're going to be a player who's going to play one of them. You have to be able to play that. You have to be able to play. I mean, you literally have to be able to play Angel from, you know, from the TV series. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy who feels bad for who he is. His life is a path of redemption. Right. So at all times, when the party wants to do something evil or, or, you know, even something remotely skirting evil, you have to be the guy that goes, no, 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 I, I can't be any part of that. I, I You know, I, I've done horrible things in my life. My life is now a path of good because I already feel bad for, for my past life. You know, he's he has eaten the heads off of children. You know, maybe he's devoured babies in his past. And he feels horrible about it. He's the guy that will buy a popsicle for a kid who's crying on the street. If you want to play that character and have all the abilities that the old Meller will have, all those really cool things that he can do, if you want to do all those cool things this old Meller can do, you have to deal with all the baggage he comes with. And you have to be able to play that character. And if you're not ready to play that character, if you're not ready to be that guy, then as a game master, you can't let the player play that guy. Right. Dude... You have to deal with the fact that you feel bad about all the horrible, horrible stuff you've done. And you've done things that are unspeakable. Things that you can't even imagine telling the rest of the party about because they'd be ready to kill you just for the things that you've done, even though that you're, you're not a bad guy anymore. I think it's safe to say, folks, that if you are playing the late campaign and especially this story arc on trying to phase out the Meller in one way or another... Both your GM and your players have to be advanced at what they do. They have to be able to grasp these, and I'm using the term here not as far as class level, but these epic level issues. You have to be like an experienced role player and really on your game to do this. If you're not, if you've just picked up role playing, you've been playing it for a year or whatever. You're not ready for this. No. 
because I have my 11-year-old nephew in my Friday game and my daughter, who, as of this casting, turned 18 today. She's been playing now, I think, maybe under a decade. I wouldn't even give that type of role to my daughter just because I do not feel confident that she'd be able to pull it off with less than a decade's worth of experience. It could be even a depth of maturity as far as the player. All four of us are early 40s on. We all have regrets. Stuff that we've done in our personal lives and whatnot that just we're, we're not exactly keen about. To be able to crank that to 11 plus to play a Melor, you would have to be just generally an older person in order to do that. You'd have to understand regret. You have to have emotional scars to understand this. Playing an old Melor who has been converted from, you know, one of these evil bastards, you really have to have regret and you have to understand what regret is. You have to know what it is to do something very horrible or, or at least experience somebody else doing something horrible to you. Let's face it, my 11-year-old nephew, the biggest regret he might have is not cleaning when my sister told him to. <laughs> right, That's not right. going to work. Right. Yeah. But like you have to understand what it's like to have been married and have your ex cheat on you with multiple people to understand what kind of level of regret and remorse and pain that kind of stuff inflicts. You have to feel it on your mortal coil to understand what a converted Meller would feel like. Because he gets his conscience back, but he, does, he doesn't forget any of the stuff that he's done. Yeah, um, we will bring up Stargate again, the movie The Ark of Truth with the one character, Torin that was an Ori guard, and then they found out, oh, by the way, the Ori are false gods, and, excuse me, Teal'c brought up the thing, yes, you have done horrible things. You have done unspeakable things. You will never gain forgiveness, but you will do what you can to alleviate others' suffering. They may not forgive you, you may not be able to forgive yourself, but you still have to try. Your whole reason for existing another day is to redeem the horrible stuff you have done. And yeah, you could sit there and say, oh, it was the virus that did it. You were not in your right mind. No. It's, that's no. No, that's not real. That's not reality. Yeah. The, the point of the matter is, is that every day you wake up in the morning, all right, the reason why you live another day, the whole reason why you don't put a gun in your mouth and blow your brains out. Well, okay, let's not go there. Let, let's let's just... Oh, wait, 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 no, no. Just, just condoning, yeah, just... No, just, just hear what I'm saying. The whole reason why you don't turn yourself into dust is so that you can do good, so that you can redeem the horrible things that you've done. If you can't play that character, you should not play a converted Miller. Yeah. You shouldn't. That should be the essence of your character. If you're not willing to subscribe to that, Play a human, play a slarg, play a, you know, a Tazeel. Don't play a converted Meller because that's what it's going to take. In reward for being able to play that kind of character and for being able to deal with that, you get the ability to do all that really cool stuff that old Mellers can do. Don't nerf this. Don't say, I want to play it because he can do all this stuff. It comes with a price. Yeah, double-edged sword there. Yep. So the Meller... Do they have a place in the mature campaign? It seems they could, but like everything else in the mature campaign, 
or the late campaign is going to be a real challenge for the players. We heartily endorse the idea of bringing the Mellor into the late campaign as long as you really make it worthwhile, as long as you continue to develop them and not make them just the scary boogeyman that they've been in the early campaign and the middle campaign. Otherwise, you need to find a better boogeyman. Maybe you should still do that anyways, because at least in my campaign in the D20 Modern, as I envision it, they're going to be epic-level characters, and so they should have epic-level stuff to do. And we're going to talk a lot more about the mature campaign in this coming year. We've talked about the early and the middle, but now we're going to start moving into that and what that means. So keep listening, keep posting on Facebook, and remember, we're here to bring the awesome into your game. So see you next week. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives. And sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be having your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav of the Travcast, Hour 3 of Blind Wolf's Rubber Room Association on DementiaRadio.org, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern.